Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. One, two, clean. to say hello yeah we always just kind of like half sing it yeah and that's how it is and i refuse to say hi bestie so why it makes me sound it just reminds me of like cringy tiktok oh yeah like like, hi besties or like james charles like hey sisters i hate that i transition go to therapy so today we're having a really really special episode we're going to be talking about our passions and how to find your way in life and this episode has a twist Twist, twisty twist. A twisty spring roll twist. I don't know what I'm saying. Spring roll? What does that mean? Do a twist. I was thinking of like those rainbow belt candies and then I just said spring roll. It just came up. The word spring roll makes my stomach hurt. Yes. Guys, I threw up an entire spring roll. Like whole. You guys didn't need to know that, but it happened. And it was the morning after she ate it. So I'm like, where is your digestive system? <laughs> it just came up whole and I was like, I'm 99% sure I chewed that. So that's a bit. Well, at least I know it, it was there. You know. Sydney Winter, tell our listeners about our special guest. Okay. Well, should I tease it now or should I say it later? Okay. T- wait, should we just say who it is or should we be like, oh my God. We'll ah. say it later. Okay. We can always be like, this is yes. So, like, It's a celebrity guest, by the way, so you should really keep listening until the end because we have a limit, little interview with her that's coming at the end and she's awesome and really high class. So, really high class. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but I think one of the big things people always ask us about the podcast is like, how did you know you wanted to do the podcast? Or like, how did you become passionate about it? 
or both of us are literally insane and we have like three jobs each and they're like how do you know what you wanted to do and I feel like you're that's one thing you're never really taught when you're a kid or like in high school is like how to find what you're passionate about especially because we live in a society we live in a society <laughs> that thinks of things that make us happy or things that want to make us want to wake up in the morning as hobbies and that things that are more like lucrative or more like norm core like being a lawyer lol or being a doctor or things like that which you can be passionate about obviously but those things are seen like more as careers because they can like have an easy path or they're more profitable than like let's say pursuing a quote-unquote passion but I think we never really learned how to like fall in love with things and things like that because like when you're a little kid you're kind of, your parents kind of push things on you like they try to make me do soccer and basketball and piano and I was just like no not happening yeah and it took me so long and by so long I mean literally eighth grade to figure out like what I liked in life and like that wasn't necessarily like what I wanted to do with my life it was just more of like an avenue towards discovering things that I would be later interested in you know so I think it's weird, like, some small moment, lol, my obsession with One Direction, One Direction, my obsession with One Direction is what literally led me to now I'm a lawyer. It's like, the points don't make sense, but like, the breakdown of it makes sense, you know? Yeah, it's like point A to point B, like, the equation doesn't make sense, but the, like, show your work makes the sense. The theorem, there's a theorem in between those two points that, like, draws it so thank you harry styles for making me become a lawyer <laughs> thank you harry styles fan fiction where harry styles fucked her like or wait what harry styles fucked his like s- fucking female servant on the table and was really like <laughs> thank you ew so <laughs> like that changed my life i don't know about yours that was my sexual awakening no because like people have that sexual awakening like fan fiction and stuff but like fan fiction made me interested in writing because like oh, i liked awesome. i liked reading obviously as a kid like for me being an author was never like a an attainable job so I thought like oh that's for the specials for the JK Rowling's you know yeah but I think that like getting into writing by writing about One Direction because that's what I was obsessed with at the moment maybe realize like I could oh god sorry ew my burp tastes like a lychee ew <laughs> god, I just had lychee tea um, it's so gross maybe realize that like I kind of fucked with writing you know and within that I became really into writing at school and then I got into politics and I was like how do I combine those things and I was like law so thank you after and Harry Styles for making me want to become a lawyer and the vice president of the United States thank you <clears throat> not vice president first lady exactly I was about to say, your dreams just changed so quick, because yeah. I always thought it was First Lady, but first you lady. clarified, so it's okay now. The movie after was the worst. Sorry. <laughs> We're, like, getting really deep here, and I'm like, anyway, fan fiction. No, the book was so good, and the movie was so bad, and I think that discrepancy is disrespectful. Yeah. Oh, my God. Alliteration. Am I a writer? Discrepancy. <laughs> disrespectful. Lawyer slash writer slash queen of the world. Slash anyway. vocabularist. Slash, what's it? Like, where you're, like, a really bad leader. Like, a dictarian. Oh, did I you mean, a dictator. Sarah, did I just say dictarian? Sarah defines what she calls a dictarian as a bad leader. <laughs> That's certainly no definition for it, and also certainly a new word. But you know, hey, the English language is always evolving, so I will overlook that one. Merriam-Webster is quaking. And also, did you know that Shakespeare invented the word fart? Okay, I don't know what little boy told you that on the playground. I don't think that's true. <laughs> it totally is. Wait, let me look it up. <laughs> it's one of those fun facts that kids tell you when they're seven to like try and like have an icebreaker, and it just, just genuinely is not true. Just kidding. I think yeah, I, I think where you bought that from. I heard you said that before too, and I was like, really, what? I think I said it 
on the podcast before listen to this the immediate this is from wikipedia by the way so don't eh. the immediate roots are in the middle english words furtin fjortin and fartin kin of the old high german word furzen cognates are found in old norse slavic and also greek and sanskrit the word fart has been incorporated into the colloquial and technical speech of a number of occupations including computing so we did indeed go from talking about passions to farting. <laughs> it's that, my fault. I'm that's sorry. truly that's truly our our skill, our style. Yes, and I think going back to like being normal people, when I was younger, I felt always kind of like pushed upon, not really by my parents, but by like my teachers and my friends. Because when I was six years old, even like we had come to school as the profession you want to grow up as, or like come to school, like what are you going to be when you grow up? And like you are expected to know. I feel like my childhood is never like a, you don't have to know right now. That's what high school and college is for, like to figure out what you want to be. But I was always told like, no, you have to know right now. Even like my high school guidance counselors were like, you have to know what college you're going to, and you have to know what your major is, and you have to know what you want to do because obviously like if you're not going to be a lawyer or a doctor or like a businessman or like a business tycoon or things like that or like a technology mongol mongol mogul did i say mongol mongol i think i was thinking mongoose (laughs) no guys sarah is what we call a linguist she invents new words that's that's over two right now girly over two i'm so sorry i'm literally not dumb yes i am so what's he saying? Oh yeah, a media. Wait, a technology mongol. Mogul? Mongol. <laughs> um, you don't really like need a degree, but like it looks impressive on like a resume. Like an English degree looks impressive no matter. Sorry guys, it's yeah. every time. I don't think they can hear it. I never hear it. I hear. Well, yeah, because I cut it out. Oh. Because it's always like four times per episode, and I'm like. Oh. I don't even know what I was saying. Oh, yeah. Like, you need a degree, obviously, no matter what profession you're in, just because that's what society pushes on you. But if we were in, like, in my opinion, a correct society, you would need a degree unless you're going into, like, one of those higher forms of professions, i.e. lawyer, doctor, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, like, especially for me, like, I don't need a bachelor's degree, but, like, I do because of society. So, like, I'm getting mine in communications. And, like, I love school. Like, if I even had the choice, like, to go to school or to not go to school, degree completely exempt, I would choose to go to school because I love yeah. learning. But in terms of like what I wanted to do I don't know it's just like gen eds confuses me I slightly disagree slightly 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 tell me debate 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 um I think that higher education is so important just because think about this for example people who are critical of like cancel culture and things like that and like all those things you see arise where like a kid said the n-word or a kid did this or that like let's say senior year of high school yes if we didn't have higher education that person's um ability to be an environment that is diverse is different is of different opinions is of discussing things of that nature is expanding your mind and influencing new ideas upon you that is the end of that person's learning curve Yes. You know, so I feel like not only is it important in the sense of like if you're going into a certain profession, you learn more about the profession or like more about whatever. So it's helpful to anything, like if whether it's media, whether it's film, whether it's pre med, whether it's lawyer, like I think all of those classes are important. But even more than that, I think the environment of higher education, I think the general education is important because like you're learning more about general topics. Like Think about how much we've learned in like American education and things like that that we've taken that have helped not only shape our minds about 
the education system, but just like things that we experience every day, you know? Like it, just, it makes you smarter, it makes you more cute, it makes you more worldly, more cultured, etc. So like, even though, I think the system itself is messed up, you have to pay $200,000 to get that like experience, that's messed up. In fact, it's exclusionary, but I think having it is important. And also think about just like the space to study new things. Cause like when I went into college, I wanted to be a fucking filmmaker or a dramatic writer. And now I'm coming out with a completely different outlook on the life of myself on life in general and what I wanted to do. And I wouldn't have had that epiphany, I think, if I hadn't been in that space that forced me to think about what I wanna do, what I wanna see in the world, what I wanna change in the world, et cetera, you know? So you didn't even slightly disagree. And you wanna know why? I, I was only talking about degrees. Cause I like higher education, but yeah. I think people should do it cause they wanna learn and they wanna be in that space. And I even think that, that there's an argument that I would side with that that space should be required. But at the same time, I think, like, the degree in the system itself is fucked up. And I don't think, like, for example, someone who is in social media and can't afford to spend X, Y, and Z amount on colleges, yeah. they should be able to be considered for a job position the same amount with someone from a communications degree from NYU. It's just what I think. Yeah. Um, I think if they have the experiences that matches the knowledge you would have experienced from being in that space. Exactly. You know? The yeah. space is what's most important. So you didn't even slightly disagree. I was just talking about, like degrees and I think like the fucked up American education system in itself because education like being in that classroom environment and I know like obviously Zoom has been hard and COVID's been hard and stuff like that these past year and a half two years like being in that kind of environment where people disagree with you and people open your mind to like new and amazing things and that idea I think of like constantly learning that higher education provides because if you stop at high school you're so right because if you stop at high school your brain isn't fully developed to want to continue to grow it's not it's not completely developed enough to want to continue to grow that's what higher education is for because it's nurturing your advancing brain from adolescent to adult and it's saying like you need to be forever growing and you need to be forever learning and like this isn't the end i think the degree just feels no literally (laughs) (laughs) i just think a degree feels so final i think a degree like it's in situations like communications and all I think it's a scam and I think it kind of is like a like this is the end of what you have to learn because if you're a lawyer you have grad school and if you're a doctor you have med school and then your residency and then whatever blah 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 but like if you're a communications major you have this and then you go right into work and I think like a degree in those kinds of professions it's so final it's like okay now you're done and I don't like that I I think you should forever be learning i.e. like if you want to go and be a police officer or if you want to go and be like a firefighter you should have more classes on like like just classes in general like you should be able to continue educating yourself and I think that that's very important so I love when we didn't even slightly disagree I love when we're serious because it reminds me that even though like I don't know why I picked up my keys while talking. Like, that's literally the worst thing I could have done. It was important. (laughs) Um, When we're serious, because it, like, keeps... It, like, reminds myself, as well as my parents, and people that listen to this podcast, that I'm not an idiot. Like, but I can have serious conversation, and we can have educational conversation. And, like, debating in public, what... You're so cool. Oh and I God. also think oh, we're... So cool. No, I think you are very cool. You're the coolest person I know. But it's interesting how we can go from a conversation like farting and then we're like, anyway, should you have a degree? Should you not have a degree? The yeah. American education system is fucked up. Fucked up. But like... Well... Um, I, this is also a debate I see a lot, especially on Twitter, is that one thing about a different part of society that's equally as influential slash enforceful 
I'd call them LLC society. Enforceful? I didn't even know that was a word. Yeah. That sounds very To enforce impressive. something. Enforceful. Um, You're very enforceful. Thank you. You're welcome. It's my tips. Um, <laughs> it's that... Um, I'm so dead that people can listen to this podcast, and I don't know. People will be laughing. They're probably like, what? Like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, guys, when we're serious at 10 p.m., it, it, it gets a little weird. Yeah. I also just lost my phone and bombed the LSAT, so my brain is like, go to bed. But um, Don't take that for... She doesn't know that she bombed the LSAT yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I said? I said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah, LLC Society, LLC Twitter, mm-hmm. is that... Just because you're passionate about something does not mean it needs to be your life. And I think that's something that people, like, it's so weird. Because half of society, the older half, is like, oh, you like art? That's cute. Art's a hog, not profession. What's your plan B? Yeah. But then the other half, like the Gen Z, the millennial, the LLC, Twitter, is like, you like art art's your life art is your only way to get money art is your passion it is you yeah and if you don't follow it then you're not following your dreams and you're never going to be happy yeah so it's like it's either it's either or you know but for me it's like i yes i want to be a lawyer like i want to be super serious like help people and things like that like i also love talking i love joking i love being with my friends and talking about guys and relationships and sex and careers and like i like having that kind of like platform or like that kind of community built you know so like for me it's something that i have to choose between do i want a podcast do i want to do social media do i want to do law do you want to be an influencer influencer (laughs) the anti-influencer um it's like why can't i do it all you know like this passion this podcast is like my passion something i love doing i wake up thinking about it we always talk about it as if it's like our bestie like oh my god the podcast that you know but it's also not my it's, it's part of my life but it's not like the end all be all everything I want to do, you know? I don't feel like I should be confined to one thing, one passion, one interest, one hobby, you know? That I'm is what this podcast is all about. Oh my god. Oh, it's so We're all about. This is the circle. This is. It feels like an end, like the last episode we'd ever post. I know. Is that scary? No, it's stop. not, guys. I one swear it's not. Some pause stop. I might because I can't find my fucking phone. No. And I also think that, like, especially regarding passions and hobbies and stuff it's like you're a lot like for example for example this is an awesome example and Cindy has all of these examples too because in high school she was obviously a very different person than she is now oh yes but like when I was younger from the time I was four I was in my first musical and my last musical was when I was 18 years old so for 14 years musical theater was my life I would do like six plays a year 18 musicals a year like blah 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 like I just do all of these things and it literally consumed me and took over my brain cells and I thought that that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life but then when I matured like the reason why little kids like the reason why careers shouldn't be pushed on little kids is because they're gonna think that oh my god because I love something so much I should want to do it for the rest of my life when in reality and in a mature adult brain that's not true you can love like I still love musical theater to this day I love to sing ask Sydney I sing all the time she'd be like she'd wake up like oh Mm -hmm. I can't dance but I like to dance I do I try to do like a double turn in the kitchen and then I literally like die and hit my head on the oven you know you can love something and you can still have it be a really big part in your life and you can still go to musicals and watch movie musicals and brag all of your musical trivia to your friends but that doesn't mean you actually have to try to make a career on Broadway because in reality like it is an unstable career and if stability like if you want to do it do it like I'm not trying to stop you but in reality if 
stability is a really huge thing for you, for example, because this is what happened with me. I want a retirement and I want X, Y, and Z, but I want it to be guaranteed. You can still be a Broadway actor and have retirement and be a millionaire and be rich and accomplish all your dreams. But I wanted something that for me in my own brain for myself was more secure and was more like, I have a set job with set hours and X, Y, and Z. Like I just wanted something different and I still have that and I'm still obsessed with musicals and I'm the happiest person ever. Yeah. Cause like, that's how I feel about writing because I love it. It's something that's very important to me, obviously. And when I came to school for dramatic writing at NYU, it took me all of a week to know that I did not want to go to school for this. I didn't want it to make my career because when I started mixing my future and putting weight and pressure on my love for writing, it made me not love it anymore. Because I wrote because I felt things. I wanted to express things. I wanted to get things out of my mind, whatever. I wanted to create a world. I wanted to discuss a life topic because it helped me. It was therapeutic for me. But when I had deadlines and I had prompts and I had to realize that I had to keep producing content to make money if I wanted that to be my like avenue of life, it felt less like a passion and more like a chore. So while some people are incredible writers and work so well under prompts and like doing things like that and have the ideas for it, I think that is incredible. I respect it so much because you are able to love something so much. It is your life, you know? But for me, I loved it for not being my life, for not being a pressure, for not being an expectation, you know? So I feel like it's so easy to get caught up in that. But I finally realized that, like, I did have parts of my life that I did want to make something that's big, something that's a big portion of my career, but also have writing there for me when I want it to be what it's always been, a therapy, a release, a hobby, a passion, etc. So I feel like even though there are very, like, uh, not exclusionary forces, like, contrasting forces that are pulling you either to say that, like, you have to literally make your passion your life people saying oh no passion's a hobby i think there's no set way no formula to tell you this is what you have to do you know also you don't have to know when you're fucking 16 or 18 or 20 or 25 or 30 it can come to at any point in life when you realize that oh gosh i want to go back to that that's what i want to do and so i feel like don't let people whether it's your parents your friends society twitter podcasts whatever tell you that you have to do something with your interests or your passion or you have to have this life or you have to have sorry i'm so dead my mom said you lost your phone in zahara zahara <laughs> zara sorry guys my mom's just texting me and it's like blowing up my computer but i think you know you know why you like a certain thing and why you're passionate about something and if that's if you love it enough or you love it in a certain way where it can become your life and you can have pressure on it you can have it be a big stake then by all means do it but it is okay to have a passion simply be a passion and a hobby so let anyone try to force you any other way and the guests we have on later um obviously had a passion about something and ended up she found multiple ways to have a love for it and it has transformed into something else later in life you know and i I love and respect her for it like go you girl but um yeah i feel like there's no set way to be like this is your your calling in life. Because, like, you never know. You could be 80 and realize you want to be a fucking foot therapist, and that changes your life, you know?
And it's great because those overlap. For example, if I may speak for you, you're obviously going to be a lawyer and so you're training for that. But writing is, of course, clearly a very huge part of that job. It's not, uh, you know, when they post a listing for a for the job position writing is one of the most it's one of the top five qualities that you have to have and writing so underrated and you are over here so eloquently being able to write and more eloquently than I am and literally 99% of the people in this world are um and I think that like that's really awesome for you and that's also an outlet where you can integrate your passion with your profession similarly like when I was in musical theater it's a form of storytelling and for my jobs because I have like four jobs in entertainment I use storytelling as a big form of that like I have to present myself to people I have to go on cold calls I have to meet people at networking events and I have to cold email etc etc and just meet all of these people who I've never met before and have these interactions with them so I think like storytelling in a way to portray myself that I learned from the stage comes into play in my professional life in a very hidden way and I think that the same goes with you and your beautiful writing Mm. That's like, I think one reason why the podcast has always been not just necessarily easy for us, it has been easy. Obviously, it's like been like starting a business, you know? Yeah. But one reason why we do love it so much and why we put so much passion into it is because it's just another uh, physicality, like a, it's a tangible. Dude, I was thinking the word tangible yeah, in my head. It's wow. another tangible way that we evoke why I love writing. I do love storytelling. Mm-hmm. I do love uh, talking about things and putting my perspective on things and emotions and opinions. And for me, it's the same thing as doing as a podcast, except for it's a lot less eloquent and I sound stupid. But <laughs> stupid. like sending for you, like with theater, I'm obviously like putting this into your brain, but let's pretend like it's true. Um, like you storytelling with theater and like being able to like, you know, embody a certain like character or body a certain like, in, like, you know, storytelling comes out in the podcast as well. So I feel like that's part of the reason why we love it so much is because it's another reiteration. Yeah, that's the word I was thinking of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Reiteration <laughs> of that passion. Oh my god, sorry. It's okay. I thought that was what was when like, oh my god, love your life and be passionate about it. Yeah. I think when you get to college, everything will be a lot clearer. And I also think what Cindy said, just to reiterate, um, when you're 10, 16, 18, obviously you can invest in things and intern for things and start to prepare for the career you think you're going to want. I think not only are we telling you that it's okay to not know what you want, but if you think you know what you want, or if you think that you know what you know that you want to do, it's okay to start prepping and then change your mind later. It's okay to like think that you want to be a doctor and then get to college and be like, actually, I'm drawn to X, Y, and Z. Like, it's okay to do that. Yeah. Like, I really started... Um, yeah, and you had like four majors. I had like five majors. And like, even yeah. my internships, like I started doing... It's probably some of my recent episodes. Like, I had like a PR job. I, I hated that shit. So did I. My last PR job. I, I meant to die. I hated it. And that's how I knew that, like, that wasn't the path for me. And that's how, like, I started pushing myself towards politics and, like, finding ways that, like, media and politics communications and writing could, like, form itself into something. And that became law. So I feel like also when you go into college or graduating college, don't be so pressured to, like, everyone stick to a certain major and think, like, oh, there's only one career path for this major. Because so many people get a degree in something or, like, want to study something or go into their... Like, don't even go to college and start doing something. And then switch to a whole other non-related career and find that that's, like, their path in life. Yeah. Because of some chance or something. So, I think, especially if you're in college or you're in high school or you just graduated, it's so important that you take the time to learn what you love. So, whether it's taking, like, your elective classes and random shit like pottery 
or psychology or like child mental health or education. Child mental health is one of my favorite things to take classes in and it has nothing to do with my major, nothing to do with my passion even because I don't like kids. But I, it's like my favorite thing, like like youth mental yeah, you do health. Not like it. It's like my favorite thing. I don't know why. I keep going. But I think it's cool that like I took an American education class, and at first I was like, "What the heck?" And Sarah took it together, and I loved that class. You know, mm-hmm. so I think that um, even just things like that, taking random classes in college, or like even if you're in a, if you're out of school or you're in high school, like taking a art class with your friends, or like doing yoga with your friends, or whatever. And just finding things that you do love that don't necessarily have to be your career, but can be a way that you distress on the weekends, a way that you keep yourself happy or keep yourself grounded. I think that's so important and freaking pretty cool. Fucking pretty cool. And Cindy's so right. This is something she just said earlier was like, if you get a degree, obviously, in something that you're in college for, and then two years later, you decide that you hate it, like, it's okay. And I understand, especially as a type A dictator of my daily planner scheduler to do lister i need every like i need my whole life planned out what did you say say earlier dictarian dictarian i said dictarian dictarian as a dictarian it's just kidding as a leo (laughs) it's really hard to just um not take life by the reins and just be like oh whatever will be will be you know what i mean but that's not what we're telling you to do we're not saying i mean obviously as much as you may hate to hear it there is an element of you just have to let life run its course and you have to let yourself explore what you love but at the same time you can start planning we're just letting you know it's okay to change your mind number one and number two it's okay to not know what you want number two number three it's completely fine if you separate your loves and your passions and your raw talent with what you want to do professionally it's okay to want to do several things it's okay to want to do one thing and for now especially if you're in high school or in college or in your like 20s and 30s it's okay to not know what to do and just try to focus on what you love that's what we're trying to say that was a very nice wrap-up go sarah hodgson the 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to americans and yet there's complexity at every turn criminal trials for one of those candidates Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from the Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. 
Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It makes me really nervous to sound on motorcycles and cars. I don't get how they stand up straight. What motorcycles? Like if I got on one, I'd just tip over. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Have you seen me ride a bike before? Have I seen you ride? Oh, like a physical bike? Yeah. Not a mo- not like a motorcycle bike. Like a-, like a bike. Yeah, there's a reason you haven't seen it. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I just be falling over. Um, we're going to we're going to the Hamptons in two weekends, and I'm going to make Cindy ride a bike. Bro, last time I went on a trip and ride a bike, they all got there like 30 minutes before me. And I was like, I'm pushing. Why is it not going? I'm pushing. <laughs> this is going to be exciting. Sydney, talk to me about our guest. What's our you guest? You said talk to me. Talk to me. Okay, mm-hmm. so we have the Grammy Award winning, multi-business owning, baddie, Joelle James. Ah, no way. We had Joelle James on this podcast. Is so, she about to come on? Is she? Are we about to have maybe? her? Is she about to call she was like, in? She's gonna be like, "What is wrong with this?" Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys obviously know the song "Boot Up." It is. It was the song. It still Didn't is the song. Boot up. I'm so sorry. She was hearing singing. She's like, "Girl, you just yeah, my song. you ruined my song." So, Joel James is the mastermind, the creator of the song "Boot Up," and we're talking to her about not only obviously finding her passions but also how she came from a student of music at Berkeley to a songwriter, to a singer, to a business owner, and all of the below. Because I think it's so cool to see, uh, especially a young woman, just killing in every aspect of life. You know, someone who has found success early, found their passion early, and found a way to build that into something huge, you know? So she is so cool. Her acrylics are out of this world. I want to tell her that, but I didn't get to. So if you're listening to this, I love your acrylics. So let's welcome the one, the only, the baddest, 
Joelle James. Hi, it is so nice to have you on. How are you doing today? Hi, Queens. I am amazing. Thank you for having of me. Of course, of course. So this episode uh, segment topic today is going to be finding your passion, finding your niche, and molding yourself into the professional badass that you are. And we are going to just go ahead and start with our first question, which I think is so integral, especially in your case. What inspired you to first begin songwriting? So anywhere from childhood to writing songs on your own what first really gave you that push well it's actually really interesting because I had no desire in songwriting literally my whole childhood I was just in love with singing I started singing when I was about five years old in church choir and I have videos that my parents took of me singing Celine Dion my heart will go on and like just trying to belt out these big songs at a young age and then I literally dedicated my life to singing. Um, I sang tons of national anthems growing up in Southern California, all over the place. And I did a bunch of television shows. I did Star Search. I did Showtime at the Apollo in New York when I was like little, little American Idol. I did America's Most Talented Kids. So I was all in that circuit. I also auditioned for Cheetah Girls. So I like loved to sing and just wanted to be a singer and then once I went to Berklee College of Music in Boston and then got into the music industry via my YouTube covers um, and then I was with Chris Brown and his camp and just learning the ins and outs of like the actual industry and not just being a singer that is when I started songwriting because I was like okay well being a singer is great. You really want people to understand you as an artist and connect with you. You have to be able to write your own story. So I didn't really start writing songs until I was about like two years into the industry. What first sparked your love for music? Cause you talked about how you've always loved singing. Was it like a family thing or did you just discovered that you had like a great voice? Like what sparked your love for it? Actually, no one in my family really does music professionally except for me. Um, when I was really little, my great grandma, she was teaching me how to play the piano a little bit before she passed. And I don't play like fluently now. Um, I kind of know some notes and stuff, but I just fell in love with singing and music. My mom played me the Jackson 5 album when I was literally five or something like that. And I loved like old school soul music. I loved James Brown. I loved Aretha Franklin. I loved Mariah Carey. She was my all-time favorite. I loved Whitney and Christina Aguilera. And I just loved like real singers. Like that was my my pride and joy with singers. <laughs> That's awesome. So it sounds like you did, but did, did you always know you wanted to be in music in your adult life? Yes, I, I don't know what else I would do. I remember when I was graduating high school and I was taking the SATs and like all of that stuff, I took the SAT literally like eight times, I swear. <laughs> Us too. <laughs> to go to like USC, I wanted to go to a big like sports school and be able to like be involved and whatnot. Um, but then when I really broke down like what I wanted to major in, I was like, I don't know, except for music. That's all I know I want to do is music. So um, that's what led me to go to Berklee College of Music because it's the number one contemporary music school in America. So um, I was like, you know what, I'm going to forfeit all of that fun stuff and 
go to music school and really just like hone in on my craft and get better at what I love. So we have the same experience. We go to NYU, so we missed all the sports tailgating. <laughs> yeah, I love. I literally wish I went to NYU. Like I feel like. I'm living vicariously through you guys because NYU is the school. So congrats to that. Thank you. So speaking of college, a lot of our listeners are college age. And I know for me, I went to go to school for writing, but my parents and society were always like, you can't go to school for art. That's not what it's for. Art's more of a passion, something you study. So do you think that going to school for music helped you professionally or helps like mold you in some way? Would you recommend to people who want to go into music or have that kind of passion? Oh, that's so funny because my... Um, not all of my family, but some of my family was the same exact way. So I relate to you, girl. Like they were like, what? You can't make a career out of music. Like we're talking money, bills. Like what exactly. are you going <laughs> to do with music? So I totally get that. And actually going to Berkeley and going to a music school was like a leap of faith and kind of a risk um, because my family wasn't 100% supportive. It's, my mom really was, um, but you know, everyone has their opinions and it's a give or take. I think the best thing about going to an art school is that you get to have the outlet of being creative and truly being yourself and being surrounded by other people who have that same passion. I think that's really important, um, but as far as it helping you, I think that's kind of like up to you. I think it's great for networking and for building relationships that you will use in the future if you continue on in the arts and stuff like that. But it's really all about what you put into it. So yeah, I, I, wish I had go, that advice. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I wanted to go in musical theater in college. So a lot of people told me I needed to have a plan B. Did you get told that a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> up until like recently when I won the Grammy for boot up I still had family members being like so when are you gonna get a job and I was like never <laughs> this is my job <laughs> yeah so I understand that completely yeah you just have to stay faithful and just really believe in yourself and if you know what you're doing is going to work out, it will work out. This is awesome. This is a really trivial question, but you brought it up. How did it feel to win that Grammy? Was it just like this all paid off? All of the people telling me to get plan B's and people not believe it. Like, did it all pay off in that moment, you think? It was very life changing. I still remember like walking up to the stage and I was like fighting back tears because I have been working really hard and been on a journey um, with my music. Like I told you, I started when I was a little, little girl. So it did feel like that moment of relief, but it also felt like, okay, but I want to do this again and again and again. And I want to do it for me as an artist, as well as more artists um, that I want to write for. So it was a moment of truth being like, oh, okay, I did this, but it still wasn't like, to me, like the pinnacle, like I still want more after that. I was like, okay, now I feel this feeling. I wanna keep doing this and keep growing and just never stop. I don't want it to be a one-time thing. I love that. So I heard, saw, inquired that you wrote Boot Up in 15 minutes. And my mind's just like blown away. It's like, what is your songwriting process? Maybe 30 minutes. So I won't <laughs> 15. Um, that day was really special. Um, I told you I didn't really start songwriting until I was like in the industry for a few years. So um, songwriting was like a new, like learning how to ride a bike 
kind of for me because I didn't do it very much growing up and in school I did it but it felt like homework so it wasn't like a passionate thing I was just like oh let me get this assignment done and write whatever get it done so um that day I had some studio time and it was unusual for me to have studio time being like signed as an artist and not really known as a songwriter I had to really grind and like just beg almost for studio time. And so this guy let me have a studio for a few, like a blocked time. And then I remember I was running late and I was like, oh my God. So I finally got there and I listened to like a bunch of tracks because it was basically just me and the engineer. And one of the tracks really stood out to me, which was the one I wrote boot up to. And I literally just I don't know, like if I hear a track and connect with it, I just go into the booth right away and just record whatever I'm hearing. Usually it comes out as like gibberish melodies and some words here and there. Um, but that day I was really in my feelings clearly. And I was dealing with this boy who just wouldn't commit to me. He did not want to be booed up with me. And I really wanted to be booed up with him. So I just wrote about it and I didn't even realize I was writing boot up. Like I just wrote the feelings so deep in my feelings and talked about my anxiety. Um, but I didn't realize I was saying boot up till the end. I was listening back to the hook and I was like, dang, I need to put words in here. Be -dee -da -da. Boot up is not words like that's like scat like gibberish and then I sat and I listened to it one more time and I was like wait a minute that's boot up like I it was honestly like a song given to me from the heavens of the universe just coming through my voice because I don't know how it happened it was literally just magical but yeah a lot of my songs I don't write anything down unless I have like a really cool title or something that I feel like I want to use but mostly I just wait until the music hits me and then go write the story. So obviously Buddha blew up and also resonated with a lot of people. So when was the first time or was it the first time that you realized that your words could help other people or you had like a connection with the fan base in terms of like your song material and things like that? Um, Buddha definitely broke the barrier of realizing that I could affect people and culture and just the way people perceive my words and music, um, just because it was on such a large scale. But I actually was a part of writing this song called All the Way Home by Tamar Braxton. I don't know if you've heard that. And then I wrote um, a song for Justine Sky called I'm Yours. And most of my songs I write for myself first, and then other artists will like connect with them and want to use them. So I, I guess, to answer your question, like I didn't really, really realize I was making an impact. I just honestly write from my heart and like write what I'm going through. And because we're all human and we all have emotions, like I feel like that part is what connects and just cuts through and helps people feel what I'm feeling. And then we all just come together and sing together. 
<laughs> um, yeah, I kind of just write what's real and then people relate to it. So you are about to release your summer album and I was wondering, because I'm so excited for it to drop, what does this album mean to you? What is its message? What do you, what's like a last resounding note you want to leave uh, the audience with? Um, well, my album dropping this year is called I Scream. And it has many meanings. It relates to my company that I started, Vanilla Factory, after being signed with Chris Brown, CBE. I learned a lot from him. I also learned a lot from my big bro, Nipsey Hussle, about um, starting your own brand and your own movement. And so mine's Vanilla Factory. And ice cream is something that we all love to enjoy, whether we're crying over our heartbreaks or we're celebrating a graduation or a good test score or a long night of studying or whatever. You guys can feel the happiness come into your soul when you're eating ice cream. So <laughs> that's what I wanted my music to do in this album, especially after the hard pandemic that we've been through. Um, I just want to bring those sad times into happy times so that's why i'm calling my album ice cream and i really hope that it makes you happy just like ice cream does i love that so obviously we're obsessed with you we're so excited so for our listeners our audience if you want to hear joel's music her single apply pressure is out now and her album ice cream is coming this summer and we're so excited so thank you so much for being on thank here. you guys i hope i come can come visit you in new york soon and yes. Yes. Please, do. please do can't wait bye bye, bye. bye. Okay, so let's me just... <laughs> Bro, why, why am I obsessed with her and her acrylics? I keep thinking about her acrylics. Her t-shirt was so cool. Yeah. None her of style is cool. It. I'm sorry. Like, I was a nervous one, you know? Yeah. Like, usually when you have guests, like, you're kind of nervous. They're like, oh, my God, I'm on your show. Yeah. But, like, I was nervous. She was the nicest. Oh, my God. It, it One of the best guest experiences we've had yeah. so far. So she's so down to earth. Oh, my God. I want to be your friend. So her album is coming out this summer called Ice Cream. So go stream it. Go buy it. Go. Can you buy music anymore? No. I guess you can. Like you can iTunes. buy a Spotify subscription. You can buy Can you buy it on iTunes for like a song? If you wanted to, but there's no point. Because you could just get a, a Spotify or Apple Podcast or Apple Music. You can listen to the song on Apple Podcast. It's like Sarah was like, listen to our song on, go listen to our Apple Podcast on iTunes. I was like, what? When is the last time you used iTunes? Well, anyway, go stream it, go listen, go support a girl. But she also has a single out now called Apply Pressure. So actually go listen, actually go stream. It's incredible. There's even a TikTok challenge to it. So if you want to get your following count up, your views up, your, your reputation up, go do the challenge. <laughs> This is also like the marketing in me is coming out for a second, but like the graphic design and the theme and the o general overlay of apply pressure that she has, especially like with her new album and everything is the coolest thing ever. Right. Sarah kills me because we were like obviously listening to her music, like, like putting together we wanted to ask her yeah. the cover for apply pressure had a picture of a diamond on it and sarah was like should i ask her what the diamond symbolizes i was like sarah baby girl let's take a little walk apply pressure she took me outside she burped me and then we yes about yes it. i said sarah you have to apply pressure to a rock to get a diamond she was like oh i was like good job girl oh she'd be killing me it was funny though but um yes also follow her instagram which is at Joelle James, because again, if you want the best nail aesthetic, Marilyn Monroe meets 2021 aesthetic, she's perfect in spell because I'm obsessed with her yes. and we love her. So please go listen, go stream, go follow, do all those goodies.
2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Okay, so I want you to listen to this. Because we were being so funny earlier on our walk home. <laughs> then I lost my phone and I actually thought I was going <laughs> to so, Then the moon kind of kind of dropped. Oh, so guys, Sydney. follow us on Oh, Sydney. Oh, Sydney. I can't get a this fucking break. This is all break. your fault. No, it is. No, it actually is. I can't, I can't get a fucking break. No. I don't think you can. I don't think I can. It's been like three years, bro. <laughs> I can't get a fucking break. No, bro. My bang started that shit. Your fucking bang? Sixth yeah, grade. the second you got the second bangs, bangs cut in sixth grade, the shit went downhill. The second the scissors. <laughs> no, that straight cut across my forehead. Things are going down here. Your fate was sealed. No, literally, shit went no. <laughs> Bro. I can't be doing this no more. I can't be doing this no more. Um, what is this? What is this episode? Oh, my God. Okay, so, okay, what's our game plan if you listen to this in the morning and it's the worst thing you've ever heard? 
What's our game plan? To cut out as much as they possibly can, and then just we could release it because we're now, now we're forty minutes in, so we have seven minutes of material to cut out. The good stuff. Is there enough? For there to be? Yeah, because I I'm gonna keep the whole dictarian thing going because that was really funny of me to say. <laughs> Sarah, guys, I'm funny. Are you recording still? <laughs> guys, Sarah just called herself funny. I'm really funny. I can't believe she did that. Us interview someone as amazing and like high class and like high what's it called when you're like I'm thinking you said high class. No, guys, she's not low class. I no, no. <laughs> she's actually high class. <laughs> <laughs> what's it called? Wait, my high society though. What's it called? <laughs> Bro, guys, today we were walking. We were passing this store. I know. I think it was Untuck It. And there is a guy on the fucking billboard looking like fucking Simba. But like, if Simba was a white man, he was white. If Simba was a white man, I think lions are white. I think lions are black. I thought like light skin. I think, like, yeah. I mean, all of the characters in the Broadway cast of Lion King were black. As they should be. As they should <laughs> be. So I th- <laughs> I'm going to say bro. <laughs> bro, I'm about to fall asleep. <sighs> all right, guys. Let's let Sydney go to bed. <laughs> you guys, leave Sydney alone, guys. Let, come on. Turn off the podcast. Turn off. T- like, exit out of Spotify. Bro, someone added me on LinkedIn today, and they messaged me, and they were like, bro, I listened to the podcast. <laughs> And I was like, hey, you found my dark you found my dark side. Oh wait, what's that Kelly Clarkson song? Uh Dark Side. Wait, what was it called? What the fuck has it go? Dark Side. Oh. Wait, you know that song I'm talking about? <laughs> it's called Dark Side. And they say Dark Side and they, wait. Wait, Dark Horse? No, Dark Side. Oh. Dun, 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 dun. This song goes at all. Oh. Oh yeah, it is. I don't know Dark Horse. Do you see Dark Horse? Dark Horse? Wait, but it's like... I mean... What's the Dark Horse, though? Or in Dark Side? I don't know. Wait. Dark Side, don't run. In my head, that sounded really fucking good, but I know it didn't. Uh, Well, I'm going to play it back. Did you hear what I said? You missed my joke. What was it? I said, if you can't figure out how it goes, just pull out your phone and pull out Spotify. Oh, wait. Bruh, if my fucking brand new iPhone 12 that I had to literally break my old phone to get, I'm gonna fucking piss. I've lost it three times already. It's been three months. So I just want to let you know how like the karmic balance is affecting City and I right now. I have a dingy ass old fucking phone and it's cracked and there's no case on it and it's literally about to combust. That's how old it is. And I could have, I'm just been delaying getting a new phone because it's a process and I like this phone. I just know how to work it. So I've been delaying. I could have lost this phone and gotten a new phone and I wouldn't have been that mad about it. Sydney lost her brand new fucking phone with the brand new fucking case at her favorite store. At her favorite store. At the big one too. So probably probably stole it. Yeah. And bruh. Bruh, 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 Nothing. Okay. Let me explain Sarah. Let me just explain Sarah. She doesn't sweat. She doesn't. Her hair doesn't get frizzy. She doesn't get oily. She doesn't get sunburned. She doesn't lose her phone. She doesn't fall on her face every time she literally walks. Bruh, it's just like, you know when you like see your life, everything going wrong, and it just hurts. <laughs> no, Sydney, if I could take this all away from you, I, you look so funny right now. <laughs> I can't take it all away. Oh, is this the Kelly Clarkson yeah. song? Oh, that sounded like Bridget Mendler. Oh. No, she's, uh, <laughs> bruh, literally mouse the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life, and Sarah stands it, and it makes me literally physically sick. We'll always be more than this. <laughs> I can't breathe. He's like, my name is Zeke. I got chicka chicka wow. I was Wait, like, what? stop. Do you want to hear it? No. I know you know it for word for word. 
It's when and I'm heaven set. Use like a veteran. Renegade, lemonade, music is my medicine. Go ahead and chime in my band. We are better than racist stop. Reason why the whole world's picking us instead of them. People need a breath because they feel on the edge. Yeah. 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 When it was that guy earlier, he was like, Who? Oh, wait. We have a really funny story for you guys. Cindy and I, sorry. All of us coming out. Cindy and I were at Chelsea Market today because we were just grabbing a drink. And we walked by some, like, Pad Thai place. And we were just looking to see, like, what was on the menu and stuff. So we were looking at, like, the menu that they have at the front of the restaurant that they, like, advertise for the, to try to, like, entice people to come in. And some girl... <laughs> she literally dropped off her mind. Comes but, up to us. Yeah, you can tell it. With her phone and her jewel in her hand and her purse. Literally wearing, like, a crop top and, like, flowy pants. And she's like, hey, girls. Sarah was like, oh, no, we're good. We're just looking. I'm good, though. I don't need a table. And the girl was like, what? And I was like, Sarah, what? And she stumbles away drunk. It turns out she was not the hostess. Yeah. Because I was like, we're just looking. She was like, looking. holding her jewel in and her And she hand. was like, oh, you're just looking. And then walked away. I was like, okay. And in fact, I didn't even think that it wasn't that. I was like, Sarah, what? I know. Sarah's spatial awareness kills me. Not spatial awareness. Just general awareness. It's be killing me. Some guy at like this restaurant in Rye that scene I went to literally came up to our team and was like how's your food I was like yes <laughs> I have the like with a combination of bad spatial awareness and really really bad hearing my life is like just dumb like people must think I'm stupid like really really dumb the thing is I'd be scared to say something to Sarah because our me and Sarah's biggest fear is making each other upset it's like today we went to a restaurant and it's like inside they have like outdoor seating you can like go sit outside once you get your food and uh, Sarah's like, let's go to a restaurant outside. And in my head, I was like, there's no restaurants outside. Because it's like, Chelsea fucking market. Like, obviously, there are no restaurants there, but I'm And I dumb. was like, Sarah, are you sure? Yes. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then we went, and there weren't any. And I was like, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is how the conversation went. I was like, there are no restaurants in here. Weird. And Cindy was like, yeah, weird. And I was like, maybe there's one outside. And she was like, oh, no, you know what? I don't think there is. And I was like, no, there is. And she was like, okay. <laughs> Which is nice because obviously, like, I know Cindy knows how to stand up for herself and, like, really assert herself in her opinion. And she usually does. But it's really nice, though, because, like, she'll she'll be very, very forward when it counts. Like, if she thinks someone's treating me bad or if she thinks that something will benefit me, like, she'll tell me straight up. But, like, if she's afraid to hurt my feelings, it's the nicest thing i've ever experienced like she always knows the right thing to say and i was just like feeling very appreciative of her today especially after we got back i was like oh that's really nice how you do that sometimes because it spares my feelings and you don't have to do it because i'm not it's not like my feelings are going to be hurt if you're like sarah you're dumbass there's no restaurants here but it was just nice that you had the consideration to like like you thought you were gonna hurt my that's just nice that you were just caring about my feelings i don't know thank you this is us every night guys nothing happens and we're like love you i love you One of us is usually like, I'm going to right. I would come in the room and I'm like, she's like, okay. <laughs> would you like some coffee? Yeah. <laughs> would you like some water? I have water here. Would you like some Tums? I literally offer you Tums more than I offer you anything Because else. my stomach always be acting up. You know that song that's like, um, in the morning and in the afternoon. Let's get a marinkadinkadink. Let's get a I love Is that song I'm thinking Moon in the sky and... I'm sorry. No, wait. Did you know that song in grade school where it's like, um, fuck. Fuck. Who made up all them songs? That was someone's life's work. God, it's like something about a garden and a hoe. Where were you going to school? <laughs> they were learning about hoes and shit. No, it's like, it's the seed in the ground, and then it sprouts, and then you hoe it. Did you know Tony Chestnut knows I love you? No. Tony. 
You know the body part song? No. Tony Chestnut knows I love you. Tony knows. Tony knows. Tony Chestnut knows I love you. That's what Tony knows. It may stop doing the chestnut part, though. We were living in second grade. <laughs> oh, but why are there nuts? Yeah. Why would your chest? They could have chose any other word. They could have chose Armstrong. <laughs> they said no chestnut. <laughs> Do you know the song... Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, and Columbus. Girl, the capital. It was was it Schoolhouse Rock? No, it was the Three Little Mice. It was oh, like no, Disney my now. school did Schoolhouse Rock exclusively. Oh, oh my god! Do you know the conjunction song? Yeah, conjunction. Conjunction. What's your function? They did the how does a how does a how does a bill how to become a bill. In that song, I know, and it's like just the bill no. going down the steps, really? talking about how to become a bill. It was also <laughs> the um, that other song. <laughs> there was the one song about New York City being a melting pot, or like America being a melting pot. It was really nice. Propaganda. <laughs> and then, do you know like Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Am Colorado, I? Connecticut, mm -mm, Delaware, Ooh, what Florida, beat is you Georgia, doing? Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, are the Sacramento, California, Sacramento, California. Yeah. You just said Phoenix, California twice. Wait, yeah, Sacramento, California, Sacramento, California, Phoenix, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. I forget the rest of the song. <laughs> <laughs> that seems kind of counterproductive to name every single one twice. <laughs> Rome's so ugly. <laughs> Do you have photo shoot photo filled up on your iPad right now? I mean, on your I have the face on camera up. I have to call my little brother because it's his birthday and I forgot. <laughs> okay, you guys, that is finally whole fifty minutes. <laughs> After we were supposed to, oh God. <laughs> okay. Make sure to go. If, if you somehow think this is entertaining or funny or like beneficial to your life in some way, make sure to go listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at Crying a Public Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, share, like, comment, whatever you got to do, especially on Instagram. And Go to Chick-fil-A today. You deserve it. Guys, I, I got um, New the Guy. Spirits. Yeah. She can give him a new nickname. No. I like New Guy. Well, he's not new anymore. Oh, my God. New he's Guy. He's still new, though, for now. We'll keep New Guy for now. Um, Guys, we love you so much. And thank you so much for all of your support, as always. We were trying recently again, so that's really exciting. <laughs> we're, we're the best. <laughs> so fucking get with it. Yeah, we're better than all of them, and we really love you. And none of it could happen without you guys and your uh, loving support. Um, if you want to talk to us, send us an Instagram DM. We'll do our best to respond. Usually we do because uh, our, do. the person who runs our Instagram, I don't really know who that is, but she's really good at responding Bruh, to DMs. When I respond, like, is this Sydney? I'm like, Bruh, how you know? Okay, someone DM'd us, and it was the best DM ever. They were like, I talk too much like Sydney. <laughs> I'm so dead. It was really funny. It was really funny. Gasolina. Guys, bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.